Now for some stock picks and strategies. Let's get right to David Dietz, managing Prince, managing principal and senior portfolio strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. David, thanks so much for being here. A pleasure. So, David, before we get to your picks, you said that you're cautious on markets right now, but optimistic long term. So, first, tell us the reasons for that short term caution, but long term bullishness. Yeah, I think the reasons for the short term neutral outlook here is. I mean, we've just had a furious rally off the bottom uh, of, the, of the June lows. We're up about 14% in about six weeks. That's a big move. You know, a lot of the move, of course, was due to the fact that we were perhaps oversold, that the Fed was going to start way, taking into consideration some softening in the economy. Perhaps the outlook for a hyperactive Federal Reserve was overdone. But of course, now we're in a situation where we've just had that strong July jobs report, one of the best jobs reports we've ever seen. The economy is larger than before we went into the pandemic. So now the narrative that the Fed was going to be able to back off quickly is kind of uh, on hold. And we're really looking at another three quarter point hike, perhaps in September. And so when you have that coupled with now evaluation about 18 and a half times earnings, um, I think there are some questions. Sure. We've seen some great uh, corporate earnings report, but remember those corporate earnings are looking at Q2 results. And what's all important is how is this inflation, how is this tight job market going to impact uh, margins for corporations going forward? And what does that mean to earnings and therefore stock market prices? So your long-term bullishness has what sort of time horizon? How far are you looking out before you're getting more upbeat? You know, historically, the second year of a presidential term has been a, a, a good one in the back half, particularly after the midterms. So I would start to perhaps get more constructive after the midterms when we'll start to see the political landscape for the balance of President Biden's term. And of course, the uncertainty as to how that's all going to shake out will be, will be done. I think at that point, also, the impact of these higher interest rates will be more fully felt. And we'll start to be able to anticipate when the Federal Reserve might be able to perhaps shift directions or at least go on pause. I think at that point, as we're coming into the end of 2022 and looking at 2023, we can get more constructive. But of course, in between, we're not sitting our hands. There are always opportunities out there for the nimble. All right. So taking a look at some of your picks, they kind of run the gamut in terms of sectors. But first up, you have a, a financial company, Capital One. It's up about 1.8% today, 1.9% today, but still down about 25% year to date. Why do you like this one? So we have one of the top franchises in financial services in Capital One. Don't leave home without it. That's embedded in people's memories because of the great marketing job they're doing. But at the same time, this stock was uh, close to 200 uh, back in uh, late last year, you know, now it's come down significantly. It's trading at just three quarters of book value. It's trading at just five times free cash flow yield. That's about 20% earnings return on your money. You've got an above average dividend yield. And we love dividend yields, but what we like even better is dividend yields that grow. And at just a 10% payout ratio, uh, we think Capital One has the capacity to start increasing that dividend. You know, they've got a great track record. They've increased their earnings 30% per year over the last five years. And I like their aggressive cost-cutting approach. 
They're taking advantage of technology, making big investments there, at the same time paying for it by shutting down branches, which quite frankly are less attractive to today's consumer. Also, if the concern is higher interest rates, historically that has helped financial services company because it can expand that net interest margin, which is manna from heaven for the banks. So interest rates help financials typically, but threats of a recession or a recession hurt them because if the consumer pulls back, that could inevitably hurt some of these companies. How would a recession impact Capital One? Or would, would it change your call in terms of buying that one? Well, you know, a recession is not helpful to too many companies out there. Having, having stated that, I would say a couple things. One is because of the quality of the franchise and so forth, because of the diversified exposure to all sectors of the economy, I think it could pick up share from other banks. It could be a leader when others start to falter in that banking area. And second, of course, you know, when I'm buying at about 45% discount from that 52-week high, a lot of that is priced in. So I think in a recession, there's less risk and potential upside if, in fact, the Fed pulls back on interest rate increases sooner than the market expects and or uh, perhaps uh, as, as anticipated by that strong July jobs report, whatever recession we may have is much shallower than is currently expected. All right, let's move on. Your next pick is Newmont Mining, another stock that's down about 25, 26% year to date, but up about less, a little less than 1% today. Why is this one on your buy list? Well, you know, you start with the gold price. I mean, if you adjust inflation, if you do an inflation adjusted analysis on the gold price, it's, it's all time highs about 2,900. Of course, right now it's about 1,800. So it's lagged dramatically. No one's been interested in gold for many years. There was no inflation, and then we had Bitcoin. Well, now there is inflation. Guess what? Um, cryptocurrencies are not quite living up to all the, the, the hopes and uh, promises. So I think may, people may be coming back to gold. If you want gold, I really like Newmont as exposure because you've got that dividend yield. Remember, the complaint about gold is it pays no dividend. Well, guess what? Newmont's paying close to a 5% dividend yield, and they've grown that dividend at about 62% annually over the last five years. It has very low debt. No one wanted to lend or invest in these companies for years and years and years. So the financial risk in gold mining companies is much less than it was. It's the only gold mining company, I believe, in the S&P 500. If institutions do want to get exposure but stay within that index, Newmont is the, is the one. It's down by nearly half from its 52-week high. So this may be a very opportune entry point. Um, and of course, it's not just gold, it's not just the United States, they're diversified over four continents, and they also have key exposures to silver, lead, and uh, zinc, and copper, which of course is increasingly going to be used in uh, EV and the related uh, items. All right, your next pick, Anheuser-Busch InBev, ticker symbol BUD, bud, up 1.7% today and only down about 10.6% year-to-date, so actually outperforming the broader market. Yeah, you know, they say, is this going to, are we going to have a recession or not a recession? But whatever that happens is people are going to be drinking, either celebrating or or crying into their so-called beer. Now, why <laughs> Anheuser-Busch? Well, when you think beer, you got to go to Anheuser-Busch. It's the world's largest brewer. In fact, it's one of the top five consumer products companies because it's not headquartered in the United States. It has a little bit less exposure here. You've got five of the top 10 beer brands. Of course, we know about Budweiser, but how many out there know that they also uh, are the key uh, distributors for Corona and Stella? 
They've got 18 brands with over $1 billion in sales. So they're so well diversified. They own two-thirds of Ambev. No one's ever heard of that. But that has a lock on South American beer distribution. And, of course, uh, monopolies are good. They also own SAB Miller and so forth. You know, what I like here is they're able to raise prices if there is more inflation, because beer is like a mini luxury. You know, people aren't going to quibble over the price of beer versus the price of cars. But if all of a sudden consumers do need to trade down, if, if we're wrong that the recession is going to be shallow, if at all, um, consumers trade down, they've got many of the bargain brews, too. So, you know, analysts also are very upbeat. They're looking at double-digit growth in earnings over the next uh, five years. They just had their earnings report July 28th. They beat on both the bottom and top lines and projected uh, double-digit growth uh, going forward based on both um, a, a nice increase in volume and, and prices. You know, this is a stock that's less than half the price it was in 2016. So if you have acrophobia, Anheuser-Busch might be the ticket. <laughs> Good point, Sarah. I should just mention your last pick was Intel. We don't have time to talk about it. But David Deeds, Managing Principal and Senior Portfolio Strategist at PPAC Private Wealth Management. Hopefully you'll come back soon and we can talk about it then. Thanks so much. Thank you.